Listen, buddy, if you're looking for the Diet Frozen Yogurt Bar, it went out of business last summer. Actually, I'm looking for a Batman number 14. Coffee and Comics Podcast. I'm your host, the caffeinated Clinton Robinson. This is the show where I typically look at a random comic in the span of time it takes to have a nice little coffee break. I can tell you this time, we're going to run probably just a little bit longer than that, but there's a wonderful reason. It's J.O. May! Wait, 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 scratch that. This is March. But that's just fine, because this year we're doing something different, folks. Welcome to a meeting of the Merry Marvel Marching Society. Specifically, you know, the coffee chapter. What exactly does that mean? Your guess is as good as mine, really. No, 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 no. You see, several podcasts are teaming up in a similar fashion to JLMA and calling ourselves the Merry Marvel Marching Society. Emphasis on March. And as such we're looking at various parts of the Acts of Vengeance storyline from Marvel Comics. And I'm here for some cloak and dagger portions, and maybe just a little bit after that. And of course, you know, when I say cloak and dagger, I mean the third volume, the one that started out as the mutant misadventures of cloak and dagger. So, you know, don't really, you know, take to literally what I say on it being Cloak and Dagger, uh, Mutant Misadventures, whatever. We all know it's Cloak and Dagger Volume 3. So we're not going to nitpick the title. So we're going to start off with Cloak and Dagger, or Mutant Misadventures of Cloak and Dagger, whatever. Issue number 8, called Pink Elephants on Parade. Writer was Terry Austin, penciler was Mike Vosberg and Don Cameron, inkers were Mike Vosberg and Don Cameron, colorist was Glennis Oliver, and letterer was Ken Brusenak. Okay, so good news is there's not really much you need to know here, as it's, you know, mostly resolving a different storyline, all that fun stuff. Short version. Dagger is totally blind. A villain has taken over Cloak's powers and trapped him in a dream world. What's the villain's name? It's not important what her name is. She's just serving a purpose. Cloak breaks free and reclaims his powers. Dagger showcases a technique where she can aim her powers using a mental grid system. And then we get the stuff at the end that leads into the crossover which is the Assembly of Evil. Yes, this is their given name, showcasing all their members. The new iteration of the Jester has assembled Rock, the Fenris Twins, Hydro-Man, 
and what appears to be the Hulk. Dun, dun, dun! Okay, moving on to issue number nine, which is called, appropriately, To Battle the Avengers. It has the same creative team, except this time around we have Jim Novak on lettering duties. Wow. Somehow English didn't work. So, To Battle the Avengers, eh? Well, let's take a look at it. The Assembly of Evil more or less forcefully recruit Cloak and Dagger, as Jester has seen them fight Spider-Man in the past and assumes they are fellow villains. You know, because this version of the Jester has oh so much experience to his name. He just appeared last issue. Uh, Anyway, the overall plan, fight the Avengers. Why? Well, as a flashback reveals, Dr. Doom, or a Doombot, whatever, said that they had to fight heroes they'd never fought before. So Jester assembled a group that had never taken on the Avengers. So there. We see Jester form his team from the cosmic-powered Hulk robot, Hydro-Man, Fenris, and, well, he tried for the leader, but Rock got sentenced later at a rally for superhero registration. Man, that plot idea has been around a lot longer than I thought. The Avengers are trying to express to the people how much help superheroes are. See also the Avengers Acts of Vengeance issues covered over on the Fire Water Presents show with uh, Ryan Daly doing the coverage on that. The Avengers in this case are comprised of Captain America, Iron Man, Thor, She-Hulk, and Wasp. In practically no time, the Assembly of Evil starts a big commotion at the rally. Needless to say, things go into fighty-fight mode for most of the rest of the issue. Cloak and Dagger eventually manage to break away from the fights enough to help the innocent attendees to escape, thus convincing Wasp they are actually heroes. After the fight, Cloak and Dagger return to their sanctuary instead of hanging around with the Avengers. Cloak is seen reading, mentioning that Julie Power of Power Pack has been teaching him. And a shout-out to Jeff and Rick of Unpacking the Power of Power Pack, where you can learn more about this casually mentioned subplot. So, yeah, um, what are my thoughts on this? And yes, I know I normally break here before I get into thoughts, but by golly, let's dive right in, shall we? Terry Austin managed to craft an interesting mixture of fun and dull here. What's that you say? How can it be dull to fight the Avengers? Well, if you must know, these really should have been some majorly one-sided fights. Thor versus Rock? Cap versus Hydro Man? Come on! Thankfully, the fights really weren't the main focus here. Cloak and Dagger reaffirming exactly where they are in their superheroic lives seemed to be more what this was really about. 
that and you know trying to get them more integrated into the larger marvel universe now that being said the villains themselves actually were pretty fun except hydro man fudge that guy absolutely detest him terrible character but whatever the assembly of evil for a team of potential morts were decently put together but let's not lie to ourselves. The clear standout best part of the team and this entire issue is probably the robot Hulk. He clearly has Hulk level strength because he manages to go toe to toe with She-Hulk. But that's not why I love him, folks. It's the gags. Everything from the gas gun in his mouth to the balloons popping out when his head pops open on hinges. Okay, okay, okay. One more highlight that is almost up there with a robot Hulk. If you aren't familiar with the twins that make up Fenris, they just so happen to be from the Von Strucker family. They are quite proud of this fact and mention it to Cap. Cap, who clearly remembers Baron Strucker, a Nazi, and trust me, Cap has no qualms telling them just how cowardly and worthless all Nazis are. But chief among those is the Baron. So yeah, definitely a close second to Robo Hulk. Really though, overall, it's, it all manages to fit together somehow to be perfect. And speaking of perfect, let's highlight the art team. If it wasn't for them... The book would only be half finished, right? And even then, none of the fights nor the gags could actually happen. So kudos to them. There really wasn't a lot of standout art pieces in this. But nothing was bad. Pretty much a standard late 80s, very early 90s Marvel book. But, you know, I still approve. There's... There's nothing wrong with being the standard style at the time. So, do you think you want this in your collection? Probably if you're a Cloak and Dagger or Acts of Vengeance completionist, yeah, you really do. Or, you know, if you just happen to find it in the cheap bins, why not? It is a fun little fighty fight issue. At the moment, it's at least last I checked, it hasn't made its way to the Marvel Unlimited app. Which is kind of sad. Mostly because, you know, I just kind of like some Cloak and Dagger. However, there's nothing really wrong with picking up this. It serves its purpose, and it fits into a crossover that Austin probably didn't like dropping into the middle of his plot-heavy Cloak and Dagger story. But, you know, like I said earlier, you gotta love it just for the Robot Hulk, if nothing else. So let's take a quick break, and when I return, I'll see what I can do with a short little Avengers backup. There was an idea. To bring together a group of remarkable people. To see if we could become something more. So when they needed us, we could make the podcasts. That they never could. 
in time, you will know what it is like to cross over. To feel so desperately that the comic is right, yet to fail all the same. Dread it. Run from it. March 2021 still arrives. Evacuate the network. Engage all defenses. And get this man a cold Mountain Dew. Ooh, a cold Mountain Dew. I haven't tried one of those. Nah, nah, nah. Make it warm. Thank you. Fun isn't something one considers when podcasting an event. But this <laughs> does put a smile on my face. the hell are you guys? The Merry Marvel Marching Society. We don't know where we're going, but we're on the way. A podcasting crossover mega event in the spirit of JL May. Coming in March 2021. Covering Marvel's fall crossover event, Axe. A vengeance. A cabal of evil threatens the Avengers and the entire Marvel Universe. Doctor Doom, the Red Skull, Kingpin, Doctor Doom, Magneto, the Wizard, Doctor Doom, the Mandarin, and Doctor Doom have banded together to pit Earth's mightiest heroes against foes they have never faced before. An array of heroes face enemies they are totally unfamiliar with. But who is secretly pulling the vengeful cabal strings? And can the Avengers take down the true mastermind before his hidden scheme succeeds? Featuring podcasts from Third Degree Burn, Back to the Bins, Avenger Spotlight, Coffee and Comics, Comic Book Time Machine, Doom Speak, Fan Holes Podcast, Fire and Water Podcast Network, Head Speaks, Into the Weird, Justice, not entirely dissimilar to Lightning, a Thunderbolts podcast, Longbox Crusade, Married with Comics, The Quantum Cast, Resurrections, an Adam Warlock podcast, Rolled Spine podcasts, and Views from the Longbox. Marching its way to your favorite podcatchers and hosting sites in 2021. Act of Vengeance, a true story. Okay, so Avengers Annual number 19 had a backup story related to Age... Age. No, this isn't the Age of Apocalypse. It's the Acts of Vengeance. And the story related to it was Acts of Vengeance Epilogue. An appropriate title, right? Right? Okay, so writer for this was Mark Gruenwald. Penciler was Vince... 
and I'm going to say this wrong, Mielkarik. Hey, this wouldn't be an episode of Coffee and Comics if I didn't get at least one thing to goof me up. Inker, Bob Downs, colorist, Dave Sampson, and letterer is Janice Chang. Captain America, Vision, and Thor sit at a table staring at the bodies of a Doombot and a Red Skull robot. They basically go over the short version of every crossover issue for the reader in case they miss some of them. I'll put it mildly, if you want a quick synopsis of Acts of Vengeance, this is the story you want to read. As for serving as an epilogue? Uh, I don't think it really works. Nothing really comes of it, short of the Avengers returning to Avengers Mansion, which really only affects the Avengers. However, this is a short read. It's kind of interesting, and the art is really nice, especially for a backup story. So that is my super short coverage of some Acts of Vengeance tie-ins. I highly encourage you all to check out the other shows participating in Cross crossing over, in covering this event even. I promise you, they will all go into better detail and background information than I have. And I hope I haven't dissuaded any of you from reading the crossover further. It's actually really good overall, I promise. Even if I didn't have the best experience from my part of all this. So, one more quick break and I'll be back with some feedback. Hi, Maggie. What are you writing? Oh, hi, John. I'm writing down ideas for a new promo for Married with Comics. I like our old promo. But the clips from the old promo are from an episode that's never even aired. It's lazy podcasting. But we're incredibly lazy podcasters. And the only thing you've written down are the words, come up with ideas for the new promo. Well, I guess we'll just have to fall back on plan B, then. Uh, B for blackmail professional podcast guest Tim Price into doing a Mephisto bit? Exactly. Greetings, internerds! It is I, Mephisto, ruler of the netherworld and prince of all evil. I am taking this time for my evil machinations to issue a warning to everyone in podcast land. Avoid married with comics with John and Maggie at all costs. They're a despicably lovable pair of newlyweds who talk about comic books and other areas of geekdom with enthusiasm and joy that is anathema to me. Ugh. Just listen to them as they paraphrase panels. For those who don't have the issue, Thor's expression is pretty much that of anyone who reads this issue pretty once much. you're done with it. Yeah. You, you there, everyone's sick of this and sick of you. I am pointing where you need to go, which is away from here and away from this issue. <laughs> and I do love that first panel. It's pretty neat. I like it. Batman going swoosh. Explain exposition. I have no idea what's happening. In this one, it looks like Superman's tearing a bridge down. Why is he destroying a bridge? I think this is part of his eventual reign of terror. Is, yeah, oh, maybe. Thing. The bridge. <laughs> Screw that. <laughs> and comment on all their favorite comics. Everything about this issue is just gollywhackers. <laughs> He's causing huge amounts of property damage, which, by the way, at least when the Fantastic Four does it, they pay the city back. Superman's not going to pay anybody back for this. 
Married with Comics, available directly at marriedwcomics.libson.com on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Podbean, or wherever you get your podcasts. Or find us on Facebook or Twitter by searching for Married with Comics Podcast. We've got everything you need. Alrighty, everybody still with me? Good. Thank you for sticking around. This is the feedback portion where I will definitely be thanking everybody who liked, shared, retweeted, all that fun stuff, the previous episode. For those of you who do not regular, regularly listen, goodness, I cannot talk today, or you just completely forgot because uh, I took too long between episodes, the last episode focused on uh, this long title of New 52 Futures in Trinity of Sin Pandora One-Shot Special. It got social media love over on Twitter from Green Lantern HG, Martin Gray, Secret Wars and Beyond, Matthew Barton, Iowa's Joe Crawford, Max Reads Comics, Warlock Thanos Podcast, Mike Garvey, Chris at BTO and Bat Books, Chris Stados, The Longbox Crusade, Waffles at Waffles the Magic, and Laurel. Over on Facebook, we got the same kind of love from Gene Hendricks, Jerry Green, Hal Jordan, Pat Sampson, Mike Garvey, Martin Gray, Al Sedano, and Darren and Ruth Sutherland. We did get some feedback too, folks. On Twitter, Martin Gray says, Wasn't her final fate? In the DC Rebirth special, cast your mind back. Yeah, I know, Martin. The the book, the the Pandora one shot, really kind of makes it sound like you know she's off to greener pastures. But yeah, I think she got the fan treatment over on the Rebirth special. Of course, Martin also uh, kind of says that he has no memory of this. Uh, Trinity of Sin Pandora special. So, <laughs> you know, I'm I'm pretty sure the uh, the readers probably didn't remember a whole lot either. That's why she got taken care of in Rebirth. Dr. Ange says he also avoided it completely. And is it worth looking for in the bargain bin? Well, I think we answered that question. Oh, yeah. Oh. Green Lantern HG chimed in saying, Great episode. I love what you did with a book that wasn't good. I love DC Comics, but sometimes they mess up. Still, there's always you to brighten it up. You know, get something out of the darkness. Well, you know, thanks, HG. I appreciate that. But, I mean, sometimes you can only shine a rock to show shiny. Laurel says, Two episodes so close together. I'm getting behind. Um... I'm going to guess you had plenty of time this between last episode and this one, Laurel. <laughs> Sorry. Hopefully you had time to catch up. We also got an email from longtime listener Jason. Jason hadn't written in in a while, and I was beginning to kind of wonder about him. So, you know, glad to know he's still out there. And uh, Jason uh, was doing a little catch-up, I think. Possibly a little mustard, but, you know. No, 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 no. Jason was uh, binging podcasts, it sounds like. He wrote in to say, 
First of all, let me say I've still been out there listening and have been meaning to send feedback for many months. To me, the interviews are just as fun as the regular comic reviews. I really enjoy seeing inside the creators' minds as to how they develop the story and comic. One of my favorite moments was when you did not edit out Mr. Randall's dogs knocking things over. I actually laughed out loud. Highlights for me for the past year or so includes the Ghost Number 2 episode. You know I have a soft spot in my heart for Golden Age comics. I really enjoy Long Box of Darkness, Herman Lowe's commentary, and perspective on horror comics as well. I agree with you both that it is rare to match the quality and the art of the stories of the EC comics, but I still like taking a look at, at the other Golden Age comics that tried. Some are better than others. Well, you're definitely right about that, Jason. And shout out to Herman because, yeah, he carried that episode, definitely. Back to the email. I always love JLMA and the way you all come together for the yearly event. Great job reviewing the entire Rand Thanagar trade paperback in under 20 minutes. I had barely finished my coffee in that time span. Yeah, that was, um... That was a lot to kind of process. I'll, I'll definitely agree with that. Jason continues to, by saying the Justice League annual episode was fun for me too as the sat satellite era Justice League was really ahead of its time. I love that version of the Justice League. A headquarters orbiting in space. All right. Yeah, thanks to Sean Ross for coming on on that one. Man... We had some fun episodes this last year. Jason also continues to say, I enjoyed the Hercules review as well. He is a character that definitely has his own personality that makes him an integral part of the Mar Marvel Universe and separates him from the mythical demigod of legend. I also enjoy seeing him interact with the Hulk and Thor. This leads us to the most recent podcast, Futures in Pandora. I did follow some books in the New 52 that I really enjoyed, mostly the Legion of Superheroes and Earth 2. I agree with you that the character was billed to be the catalyst and a bigger mover in the Marvel... Marvel. Man, I really can't read today. Sorry. And a bigger mover in the New 52. But it seemed like they completely forgot about her and she only made rare cameo appearances at random times. This made her largely irrelevant to the overall story, and her story truly went out with a whimper. I totally forgot about the character until you mentioned her. See, that seems to be a common theme. Everybody either forgot about her completely, or skipped over everything. Man. Uh, Jason finishes up with, As always, I continue to enjoy your wonderful podcast and will try to give more up-to-date feedback in the future. Take care, and it's good to have you back in 2021. Well, thank you, Jason. I uh, I really appreciate that. Does my heart good. Oh, well, that seems to be it for the feedback. Uh, if you want to add some feedback, you can always email me, like Jason did, at coffeeandcomicspodcast at gmail.com. Or you can get in contact with me on Twitter. I am at coffeecomicsblg. Yes, it is a long drawback, you know, reference, whatever, to the old blogging days, but I'm just too lazy to update it at this point. So, 
Before we go, I would just like to let everybody know that this episode is part of the Mary Marvel Marching Society podcast crossover of 2021. Uh, you can find the other shows out there in the podcastosphere pretty much on any podcast service that you, specifically if you haven't been paying attention to the trailers for the last month or so. These shows are Third Degree Burn, Back to the Bins Avenger Spotlight, Comic Book Time Machine, Doom Speak, Fan Holes Podcast, Fire and Water Presents on the Fire and Water Podcast Network, Head Speaks, Into the Weird, Jeff and Rick Present Unpacking the Power of Power Pack, Justice Not Entirely Dissimilar to Lightning, a Thunderbolts podcast. The Longbox Crusade. Make Ours Marvel. Married with Comics. Resurrections, an Adam Warlock podcast. Rolled Spine podcast. And Views from the Longbox. I highly encourage you to check out any of those shows. They will all do a better job covering it than I did, I'm sure. But... Either way, you will definitely learn something, and you will definitely have fun listening. So, in short, this has been me, Clinton Robinson, covering my portion of the Acts of Vengeance storyline. I do thank you for joining me. I thank you for making it this far and listening throughout. And I hope you will join me next time. And why is that? Because this is the place where the comics are never too old, and the coffee is never too cold. This has been a Coffee and Comics production. All material referenced herein is copyright the respective owners, and is believed covered under fair use. Feedback can be left by emailing coffeeandcomicspodcast at gmail.com, visiting the website at coffeeandcomicspodcast.blogspot.com, or on Twitter at coffeecomicsblg. Thank you.